Alright everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Four Guys in a Comic. Uh, but Red's missing this week, so really it's just three guys uh, discussing comics. So uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do this week. We're going to be discussing a, a variety of things, actually. We're going to be discussing Spider-Man. We are going to be discussing Unity from Valiant. We are going to be discussing my new personal fun favorite, Shirtless Bear Fighter. Um, so yeah, let's just kick right in. Gentlemen, how Hang it the in there. Another day in paradise. Fantastic. It rained this morning and it wasn't 100 degrees all day, so that was nice. Great. Oh, it's been raining here all week. Got some nice puddles to run in, though. All right, well, (laughs) let's start off with Unity, just because I feel like Rusty's not going to have a whole lot to say. So let's let's start off with, like, the, the weak link. And work our way into the more fun that stuff. That sounds great. How, what, how's that I, sound? I, have, I read it all, so. Okay. So, so Rusty read Unity, and he doesn't <laughs> like it. Um. <laughs> it. It's not that I didn't like it. I just maybe came in at a different... But there wasn't a whole lot going on with what I read. And I all I felt like all of them were, you know, spoofs kind of of different characters besides the ninjack ninjack felt original the other two characters did not feel really original but surprisingly enough ninjack was probably my least favorite story out of the three so yeah wow it's not that i mean i don't know It, it was weird just i don't feel like a lot went on in his and i understand that he's like this he's rich and he's a badass he's kind of like batman ish This is more like, sure. I guess, I don't know. I would almost say more like a James Bond yeah. type ninja. Yeah. I think that was. I think that's more accurate. <laughs> James James Bond what what, what didn't you like about it? I don't know. I um. What do you mean you don't know? Okay, How no, I you? do know. I do know. I do know. Okay, I just I, didn't. There were like certain it. things like um his attitude throughout the story. I don't know if it's consistent like that, but it was kind of like quiet, and it didn't seem like he had much depth to him. And it honestly was just kind of, I guess, dull in in some ways. Like, it was just him sitting there at the table, like, healing for, like, more than half the, yeah, the book. That that was the depth of it. He was so bored, and he needed an adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. He was so bored with life, and they just show him bored throughout the day in these business meetings. And he starts thinking about Livewire, and like, oh, my God, why am I thinking about her? He just needs... <laughs> what noise was that tap <laughs> that's that's mm-hmm. the noise he makes when he thinks about it but no like okay ninjack seems like he could be cool in certain situations but he doesn't have i think we've talked about it before he doesn't have like any regen powers or anything. he's just basically a normal guy someone could just run up and shoot him in the face and he would die right no man, he's uh he's too cool for that. He's too well trained. Oh, okay. but if you read, yeah, if you that's like no, saying you yeah, can yeah, run in the right situation, you can shoot Batman yeah. in the face. Yeah, when he's six years old with his parents walking out of a movie theater, you could. But that was it. That was the last chance anyone got. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> From that day forward, he was uh, it's game over. No, There's if no you um, if you read face. his his solo series, they sort of go into this like weird supernatural aspect of his uh of his training too. Um, I, I don't want to really spoil it, but they sh- there's like one part tap. Maybe you remember this. He sort of gets like he gets his ass kicked in this like monk f- 
training facility and then they show him like lying there for weeks or something and there's like this weird it's just it, it was just so weird but it, it definitely seemed like there was something a little supernatural to his uh to his origins yeah and i mean there was also the arc where he also i think he's only one of the few people yeah. who's ever been to the dead yeah, I mean, side he's as been well places, seen people so but anyway yeah ninjax <laughs> a stud dude and speaking of ninja oh, that's right <laughs> right before we jumped on nova messages me and he goes check this <laughs> shit out right ninjack omnibus classic yeah. ninjack omnibus from the 90s has just for been released so. um well okay go and for do pre-order. it um it's not available till december but um yeah please do i uh it's not just, available till december but uh it's gonna be like one of those nice yeah. thick just pre-order it so omnibus. they know the numbers are there and then um you don't want it you know cancel it yeah just just later. let's get this thing out because yeah. they canceled the bloodshot classic one and um that was disappointing we need the ninjack yeah, so so go yeah. do that because that would but, be um, helpful. I was gonna right, say Rusty. the other two, because uh, that was fifteen, and then we had sixteen and seventeen. Sixteen, mm-hmm. okay. One of the things I didn't like about sixteen, and I mentioned this before we started talking, and even happened in seventeen, is and I guess it was like a story basically where you had to know the character because a lot of it was mostly inner monologue and stuff. I didn't even know what the hell the character's name was through like the whole book. I'm just like. Okay, but it's totally Rusty, like... it a, says his name on the first page. Okay. His name is on the first page. <laughs> Still, they, they meant to say it one time, and then I never hear it again, and I'm just like, oh, wait, what? Go back and read All it right. a second time, then understand it, finally. Sure, but, sure. Um, He's totally like a Wolverine character. I know that you said that it kind of alluded to him with the whole Japanese thing where he's like a samurai or whatever, but he's like, he's. I guess he's immortal... He regenerates. Yep. Yeah, he's been around since what, like three thousand BC or something, something crazy like, like that. that. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he's been through a, his fair share of battles. But, but you could definitely tell this was Matt Kent's. Like, oh look, I could definitely write Wolverine Marvel. So if you guys ever need anyone, I could do it. Here's a Tokyo thing. Yeah. It was really well done, though. <laughs> I, that was my favorite one. That was probably my favorite one, too, out of all three. I mean, that really was the good. one that I just, like, flew through. Like, honestly. And it was a lot of art and not a lot of text and stuff. So, you know, that, yeah. that was a plus, too, that the art was really good. So, I was like, all right, um, cool. But, uh, yeah, no. It definitely felt like, you know, one of those things where it's like, hey, I could do this or whatever. And I, is this an original character or is this someone that's been around since the 90s? since the 90s okay he's part of the anipata clan mm-hmm. which is hand? like nova's favorite yeah which is no clan is it like hand which is oh is it like that no, well they're just brothers um it's like nova's favorite trio of valiant characters though okay because you have you have archer the eternal warrior and ivar they're the, they're the three the three brothers um and uh yeah they're a they're a hoot man like they've all got like their own original stuff like ivar has his own book and eternal has his own book eternal's had a few of his own books his are kind of sort of short-lived and then archer has archer and armstrong the books as well and uh but they have crossovers where they all three get back together and meet up and when those books happen those are the greatest stories you'll ever read (laughs) it's great 
they're not fans of one another. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so three immortal brothers that hate each other, basically. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I mean, you're making me feel like it's a lot more vast universe than I thought it was. I thought it was pretty close with oh, value. Oh man. It's, okay. So it goes through time. Yeah, yeah, it goes through different centuries. It goes back to the BC era, and then it jumps all the way to like 4000 yeah. AD with Rye. I mean, it goes, dude, it's all over the board. <laughs> through space and um, time. So you are correct in the fact that it's very, very close-knit, and that every character basically interacts with one another somehow, some mm-hmm. way, over the course of a, of a story. Um, so it is a very, very close-knit universe. Um, but that also being said, it is also a very big universe where there is a lot of different characters. Yep. Um, I think the only ones that really haven't bled into the other Valiant titles, to my knowledge, is Savage. Savage is in the main universe, but it's it's kind of a sort of a standalone as of right yeah. now. Um, and then the other one that's sort of a standalone... To my, from what I've read, and I've read them all, so I'm pretty sure I'm accurate. This is Britannia. Okay. Um, Britannia yeah. hasn't really interacted with other. They may have mentioned, but they're it all somewhere, in but... that. Yeah. Yeah, but they're all kind of. Yeah, I've seen it mentioned, yeah. but it's not really. They don't interact. Yeah. Um. But other than that, every other t- character title, whatever, like there's, for instance, an Ivar dude. Okay, so Ivar. Well, it's kind of a. Ivar's all over the. You, Ivar's everywhere because Charles he can time travel. Okay, that's right? it's Ivar the time traveler, right? Is that what it's time, time walker. walker? Okay, I was gonna bring that up because I saw that little mini short story in the back of I think I don't know if it was preview? issue sixteen or seven. Yeah, it was a preview or whatever of it, and that actually looked really cool. Like I thought the whole idea behind it seemed really cool. It's great, dude. Ivar is amazing. <laughs> I love it. So I had the deluxe and I was kind of like him hawing around like getting to I had a bunch of other deluxe degrees I'm kind of him hawing around and I finally broke down and I read Ivar and I think I read almost all in like one it's city. Hard not that not it was to. like real thick but yeah it's so good Ivar who's amazing. the artist on Ivar like, there's hmm. probably like two or three okay because um, that was what really drew me in was just the artwork and stuff for it and I was just like okay you want to be drawn in by some <laughs> artwork Dude, go read Rye. Yeah. yeah. Clayton, Clayton Crane, Crane. art. Oh, that's cool. Oh, it's amazing. And not only that, it takes place in the future. So, like, it's like this, you, you know, Clayton Crane style. That, like, yeah, real all the carnage like, stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that, but he's drawing, like, robots and uh, just these real, like, cyborg futuristic, like, dudes. cars and cyborgs. Oh, dude, it's insane. That's really cool. I'm about halfway through it right now, but I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Um, but like Ivar though, like, so for instance, there's like little Easter eggs in all of these stories. Like Ivar, for instance, is traveling, like they're jumping, he, they go through like these, like, I don't remember what they go, space jumps, time jumps, is that what Hyper jumps? Like a time portal or something, who knows? Yeah, time, something like that. But anyway, they go, like, that's how he travels. It's not like he has like a machine or whatever. He like goes to like these time jumps and there's like this arc where he's like, they just keep falling through time jumps. Like they just keep going through like multiple ones. And one of the ones they fall through is in 4,000 AD where you have Rye. <laughs> and so like Rye's battling some dude on a rooftop <laughs> and you just see, you just see Ivar and them just kind of like fall through the panel. So and then cool. next thing you know, they're like somewhere else. And it's just really cool. Like small little Easter eggs like That's that, cool. that, that really set yeah. Valiant apart from every other publisher out there. It's That's a continuity, really cool. man. 
or like that one there's that one issue where ivar showed up to to archer and he's like he drops some bombs that end up happening like two years down the road in the actual comics themselves it's yes. cool yes the faith bomb yeah and then he's like did you kill bloodshot yes. yet <laughs> he's like what's a bloodshot uh, oh have you met the goat <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's another cool thing <laughs> it was awesome dude it was so so good the the continuity and stuff in that is, is absolutely amazing which is why we strongly recommend it see i'm gonna have to check out the too. time traveler then man i'm gonna have to check ivar out oh it's, yeah. it's only like 12 issues too you, you can get through it pretty quickly now um but it's so good now something i'm gonna bring up with this last issue just to get to it okay um livewire in her comic uh it was like zero mention of who she was i remember them mentioning her in uh the ninjack comic and we said that i know no but you're like it's at the beginning i'm gonna go to the first page and find it i'm sure i will (laughs) but sitting there and just reading through it i'm just like okay okay and um even though uh, it's basically iron man that's basically what it is i mean uh, to make it seem more relatable now, which is weird because, like Nova said, Livewire came before this character. It seems like Riri Williams, like Iron Man now. And I'm just like, like if it was an older version of her. And I'm just like, okay. But uh, this was the one that, I mean, I liked it more than an inject, but this was probably my second favorite. You know? And um, there wasn't a lot that happened in it. It was just about her unwinding and trying to get laid, basically. So it's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> all right, Rusty. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Man, I never would have. I don't think I ever would have. Comp- I can. I can kind. I don't know. I never would have compared her to Iron Man. I guess like that's not something that yeah. ever would have occurred to me to compare her to. It's interesting. It's Iron Man. It, it's a suit. Uh, she's super smart. Uh, she can do these crazy things and build crazy things. It's Iron Man. She's she's a raging alcoholic that likes to have sex with multiple models. Hey, right. <laughs> I, who knows? Maybe down the road there. No, I don't know. The only thing I could think of was like, is he talking about Ginger? Like, is that who he's confusing? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, Livewire talks to machines. Yeah. Like, and, and built like, uh, what was it? She built. A, a teammate for them and then built a way for her to fly so they wouldn't have to compromise and find someone else. Where did you see? Oh, I guess I can kind of see it. She basically built like a, a, if you want to mix, who knows, maybe that thing will turn into like an Ultron type character or something. But Are you talking what about did she Ginger? Build? Ginger? She didn't build Ginger, if that's what you're saying. It's, uh, it would, okay. Whenever she the big robot, the big robot, and it says it yeah, in she, there. That's ginger. Yeah, it yeah, says that's that. An alien. Okay, she didn't build ginger then. <laughs> no, no, no. Ginger's an so alien. So it's a recruited yeah. thing. Think it looks like, like a robot. Think like Galactus. Oh yeah, I think like Galactus yeah. sort of. The way that okay, well, this is why I don't have any background, and I'm just jumping into this. It <laughs> looked like I jumped okay, I'll, into. I, it. I'll give you yeah. that. I'll give you that. I was like, okay, and then uh, she Ginger's she built cool. a way for herself to fly, right? what it said in there we needed a flyer and i made that yeah she never yeah she never was like a flyer really before um so yes she did build some kind of a thing that allows her to fly yeah um that is accurate and yes i mean she does have like the suit that's almost like uh it's almost like at one point sean hart yeah she's 
She's the only other person that's ever been able to control, well, kind of control the exosuit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least the at least the Shanhara exosuit. Like she, at one point, she took it over, and um, it kind of started to like it's like a symbiote. We've discussed yeah. it in the past, and it basically started to like take over, and she had a hard time controlling it. Like it's once it started infor- to kind of take over. Yeah, it's too much information, I think, for her to process at like yeah. one time. Whereas. Whereas Eric, he d- doesn't have an issue. Like he basically made it his bitch going forward. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that's where. I mean, she probably got some ideas. I would think from the whole, from the whole uh, makes sense. Yeah, exosuit. Because I mean, that is where you kind of start to see stuff. So I don't know, but yeah, I I, I can see why you would have a hard time, kind of, because there's not really these aren't. These aren't origin stories, so to speak. So I, I guess I could see how if you don't know who the character is, that it would be very confusing at times just because it's not a quote-unquote origin right. story. So I, I I can see that. I don't know. She gave me the whole Iron Man vibe, so I rolled with it. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right, well, let's <laughs> jump into... A really fun comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that which is from Image, uh, shirtless bear fighter. <laughs> uh, I finally got around to reading it. You know, I've known about this book for quite a while. Um, never, like I said, you know, as everybody knows, I've said it on the podcast multiple times. I was on a huge Valiant kick for like the last two, three months, something like that. And I've read like nothing but Valiant. Um, now that I'm almost all completely done with my Valiant reading. I uh, I was like, man, I need to go back. I'm missing out on a lot of other really good titles right now that, um, you know, I shouldn't be missing out on. So I took a little bit of a break from Valiant. I'm still reading it, but not quite as hardcore as I was because I'm reading other things now. And one of the things I reached out per Nova suggestion was Shirtless Bear Fighter. And holy crap, am I glad it's I did. It's pretty dang funny, man. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic i was not okay when you see a title and you know nothing about it and you just see a title called shirtless bear fighter with a picture of a lumberjack looking dude on the cover like and i wouldn't even say like the art fits the book so well like the art is perfect for this book but it's not something that i would look at and say oh my god that's amazing art you know what i mean does that make sense oh yeah so when you see that on the cover and you're looking at this and you're going Hmm, this is potentially really stupid. Uh, but then you read it and you laugh your ass off the entire time. It is... It's just pure it's, fun. It's meant for adults. It is not meant for children. So let's throw that up there right now. It's this censored. Is a, this is... <laughs> yeah. It is. It is with the pixel bars uh, that hang between his knees. Um, but this is definitely not a book that is, that is, that is meant for children. This is definitely... Uh, an adult book. It's a very so, much so. So, Rusty, we kind of let you discuss your thoughts on Unity. Um, let's start off with Nova. Nova, what are your thoughts on Shirtless Bear Fighter? I'm pretty excited for more. I mean, it was like the craziest thing I've read in a while. I don't know how much... like that. That's the only way to say it. It was crazy. Even looking back at the cover of number one now, the first time I looked at it, all I saw was uh, Shirtless. But you look in the background and there's so much crazy stuff happening. Um, it just really 
I'm really looking forward to seeing what's going on. Uh, the penis stuff was was pretty funny, especially like him coming out as a baby. They're finding him as a baby <laughs> with a full grown beard, no, a full beard, <laughs> full pubes, just hanging loose, no problem. <laughs> it was great. It was awesome. I like the concept. It's 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 hilarious. Um, yeah, he the, the whole maple syrup thing was great too. <laughs> That's how they want to bribe him. Um, yeah, it was awesome. It is amazing, and just so we th- let's see, it's uh, written by Sebastian Gurner and Jody Lahep. Uh, it says art is by Mike Spicer and Nil Vendrill. Vendrell. I've never heard no. of these creators of you. No, nope. no. Well, I gotta say they're definitely on my list. Like I almost, I I really want to reach out and see if there's anything else out there by these people because it's. God dang, is this good? You should reach it out and get them on so the show, man. Funny, that's actually a really good yeah. idea. Yeah. Um. Well, did you guys see the Scotty Young variant oh, yeah. for issue two? It's going to be coming out. Oh, no, it's funny, dude. It's, it's uh, it's in our one of our chats. It's in the 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 main chat. But um, yeah, dude. Freaking <laughs> oh, yeah. Freaking uh, it's great. Scotty Young oh, did a very cover yeah. for issue two <laughs> that's, as, that's a, with awesome. him as a baby. That's awesome. Bear punch. Like I love that. That's uh, so it, It's almost a throwback to like the '66 Batman. You know, with the bam, pow, yeah. wow thing. Like it's it's almost kind of like that. Where like when he punches a bear, you can see what he's doing, <laughs> but it literally says bear yeah, punch yeah. like every time it's so good i think well, one of the funniest parts was um like he said with the maple syrup but uh they come up there with the flapjacks and he hands them the flapjacks and he's like he like starts flipping through them like money and it's like <laughs> flap 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 and it's just like Dude. these are good Speaking these are damn sound good effects, there's, there's another panel where He's like the people. The FBI comes to him. He's looking away from them. And the next panel, he turns around yes! and you see the slaps yes! on the. Face. <laughs> That's the... Yeah, the. And just so people can picture the slap, the written slap is right by his waist. Yeah. If that. Oh. And like as we already ass. said, it's pixelated down to his knees. So if that kind of gives you any <laughs> any idea of what that is, it's great. Oh, it's funny because it they have a so whole funny. like page of where it's just um. They fir- the FBI team first shows up and meets him or whatever, and he's turned around, and then all of a sudden on the next page he turns around, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Uh, and he's just like, "Bear fighter, we need." <laughs> and everyone else in the background just like, "What the hell?" But uh, they just keep conversation going like normal. Well, he's got- it's great too because there's so many like uh, like funny like random things where um, the FBI director or whatever is like telling his his subordinate he's like you know oh he never told me about what happened but here's his here's what i know about his history and she goes wait how did you guys meet if you he's never left the forest <laughs> and like they just completely ignore that she asked that question and just keep moving yeah <laughs> it's, it's so good yeah it's it's hilarious like there, there there's a panel with a bear rubbing his ass on a building he's like that bear's rubbing his ass on america <laughs> <laughs> he's a bearerist yeah, the bearist. You know the president doesn't negotiate with bearists. <laughs> he's got the he's got the bear plane. It's just great. There's so many things in it that just make you laugh. Um, it's fun. You know, if you're ever thinking your comics are too serious, I think this is really the place to go. Oh yeah. I'm almost sad that this is gonna be. I feel like it's it's got to be a mini. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way this can be no. an ongoing. 
Um, it could be the next so like I'm, goon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. So yeah, I'm, I am sad that, that this yeah. is probably not going to have a whole lot of issues, but I'm going to enjoy every issue that does come Ooh, out yeah. for as long as it does. Um, if you guys have not read Shirtless Bear Fighter, by all means, you have to go yeah. out and pick up this book. I think it's already been rushed to like second or third printings already as well. Um, I remember seeing an email about that from Image. Um, so just real quick, while we're discussing Image Comics, if you guys don't mind, I want to throw out there because I finally got caught up. I read the last two issues. I did fall behind. Um, God Ooh, Country. Yeah, I, I finished mm. that up this week as well. Okay, Rusty, have you read God Country? I have not. That is something that I haven't. Have you read any of God no, Country? No, I haven't. Oh, okay, well, it's six issues. It's now done. It was just a six-issue mini. It's it's officially over. You can read them probably within 45 minutes. You can read all six issues. Yeah. It's a quick read, yeah. but it's a damn good one. Oh, my God. Um, good. Yeah, I did not expect that to end the way that it did, and I don't want to spoil anything, but, yeah. man. I've heard it's really good. good. It's the Neil Gaiman thing, right? No. No, it's Donnie Cates. Donnie Cates. What am I thinking of? I'm thinking of American Gods, aren't I? American Gods, yeah. Uh, yeah. American Gods is Neil Gaiman. Um, I haven't great. read the American Gods comic. I need to go back and read that one. I haven't read the comic yet. I've read the book and I'm watching the show, but I haven't, I haven't uh, read the comics yet. I'm really, I'm really glad I got to binge read God Country. Um, yes, it was the best way to read it. I think I couldn't imagine an issue at a time that's just crazy i went month to month the first four issues i was going month to month and then the last two i read at the same time but um yeah the first four i was going month to month and it it sucked (laughs) really (laughs) like having having to wait really really sucked um but donny cates is amazing man that guy has just he's been around for a while he did the paybacks um he did the the buzzkill uh, then there's like a paybacks volume two or whatever that he did. And those just kind of sort of flew under the radar. Like a lot of people knew about it, but it wasn't, it wasn't big. Like it wasn't blowing up by right. any means. And then all of a sudden this dude is on now on fire. He is like sold his soul to the devil or something. Like he is just, everything he puts out is just pure gold yep. right now. Um, God country. Uh, absolutely amazing. Huge, huge, huge fan following redneck. Oh, I love, 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 love Redneck. Um, Interceptor's another what? one. I don't know if that's... That might be old, yes. though, no? Or is that new? I think Intercept. I think Interceptor's a little bit older. And then didn't he also do... Was it Ghost Fleet? Ghost Fleet, yeah. He's doing Baby Teeth now yeah. as well. Yeah, that Baby Teeth. That's the new one that he's doing. Um, he's, he's the kind of yeah, guy... He's, he's writing, like, minis. He's pretty much like Mark Millar, but not trying to make get movie deals all the time. So it's great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That is correct. Um, actually, uh, Nova and I, when uh, Racer had actually asked us to pick up a, a God Country pin, it was like a, a big metal sword, Valifax sword pin, and uh, and they were had him at KC Planet Comic Con, and, and Racer had asked us to pick him up one and then ship it out to him. And when we did, we were talking to the guy that helped, I think he helped like, create and make the pins. I'm not sure, but... Um, we were talking to him about Donnie Cates and we were talking about how much we love God country and redneck and you know, things like that. And I said, you know, I just wish his books were, were longer. Cause even paybacks were minis. Buzzkill is a mini. Like everything's a mini. Everything he does is a mini. And, uh, he said that he personally knew, knows Donnie. And he said that, yeah, I think just the way that his brain works, like 
he has so many ideas that he wants to get out and he has so many stories that he wants to write that in order for him to be able to get it all out there and to kind of keep keep his ideas moving he has to do it as minis or else he'll never get all of his stories out like he's just his mind yeah. is just constantly going with stories and books that he wants to write hmm. so I hope he keeps at it yeah that dude is on fire right now anything I promise you go anytime Donnie Cates comes out with a new book make sure you guys are picking it up at number one it's going to be amazing but number two those books are going to go up in value all of his stuff gets like triple and quadruple printed it's it's insane. Like, try to find a redneck number one right now, first printing for probably like what under a hundred bucks. I think they're going over now. Jeez. It's ridiculous. I hope yeah, he. It's, um, it's ridiculous. I hope he puts out like a an image anthology hardcover set or something. He's got to. <gasps> that would. So be many amazing. people would snatch those up. My God. That sounds cool. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Yeah. All right, we need to try to get Donnie <laughs> on the show and like pitch him that idea as well. well. We could tell Ray Hall to uh to push that button. Yeah, <laughs> make hard covers. Bam, bam, bam. Just push them and keep prodding. Yeah, we. That reminds me, we need to get uh, Elliot back on the show. Yeah, because there was an issue. I wasn't there that week, but there was an issue with audio. Yep. So we need to get him back on the show. That's right. Well, um, but yeah, no, I, uh, definitely follow Donny Cates. Were you too rusty? Yeah, stop slacking. I need to get on it now. Something else I'm going to bring up just because. It's super relevant. Just learned about this. And I think that tap, you could probably use this for fork found sometime too. But um, Netflix just put Spawn on their list for July. So, and it came out oh, today. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. Yep. So if you want to go back and watch the uh, highest uh, special effects uh, movie budget of the 90s, Go check it out. I actually have it on VHS. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> I love. Spawn. When was the last time you watched a lot of it? Shit though today, but uh, last year. Too. Really? Yeah, I I watched Spawn probably at least once. When a year. When was the last time you saw it, Nova? Oh, I don't. Uh, I don't remember. Did you ever? Have you ever watched? I enjoy it? the shit it was out so of so long ago. Oh. I know that it's. It's not quote unquote like the comic or anything, but you got to think, man. When this movie came out, it number one, the special effects were off the hook. I remember watching the trailer as a kid and being like, "Oh man, his cape just like did this." I mean, the special effects were insane mm -hmm. back then. And John Leguizamo as the Violator Great. was one of the greatest casting choices you could have ever made. Like I and Michael J. White as Spawn is the greatest casting choice too. I believe like that is Al Simmons. Like that is Spawn. Um, there's a few things I wish that I wish would have been a little bit truer to the comic, and I wish it would have been in hindsight R instead of PG 13. But you got to think this is coming out in the mid 90s. They're you know the superhero hype hasn't really kicked on yet. So, but now we got McFarlane coming out with his version of Spawn, um, which is gonna be apparently more of like a horror movie. Uh, so that'll be kind of an interesting take on it as well. I do love the show. I've watched that recently. The animated, yeah, the HBO, the show. HBO yeah. animated. Yeah. Yes, that's that's very true to the comic. <laughs> and I remember watching that as a teenager and thinking to myself, oh, I hope my mom isn't walking <laughs> yeah. in my room while I'm watching this because there, there's definitely some scenes yeah. that, that were not meant for my 15-year-old eyes. <laughs> Speaking uh, of spawn and symbiote-like movement, I think Rusty's got something he's tremendously excited about. 
Yeah, I think he does mm-hmm. too. What am I excited about? Edge of Venom verse number hey, one. I guess right. <laughs> oh wow! That's uh, all for this week, folks. All right, no, um, <laughs> take that, Marvel. Edge of Venom verse was all right. Um, I know Tap has a totally opposite view on this on than me uh, for the most part. Uh, but I mean, I thought it was all right. Uh, the art could have been better. The art could have been a lot better, but that's what we that's what we'll agree. We'll on. agree on that. But <laughs> I still have hopeful wishes and optimistic thinking that this might turn into something that'll be okay. I mean, we only have this one pre prelude. It's a prelude issue, basically, to base everything that off of. Correct. And uh, the, my only argument is that uh, I I don't understand why Laura is a little kid all over again, and it's weird. But I'm going to leave it at that. What do you know? What, what do you got to say about this tab? Okay. So I'll agree with you on the art. Um, I, I'm i not a fan of the art at all. I saw the cover and I went, ooh, that looks beautiful. Yep. And then you open it up and the interior looks absolutely nothing um, like the cover, which is how Marvel always does it. Um, <laughs> that being said, um, you're right. It is a prelude. It, it is not the main Venomverse title. If this was the main Venomverse title, I would be a lot more nervous. Mm-hmm. There's five of uh, these Edge of issues, right? Correct. Yeah, it's basically like the Road to Venomverse mm-hmm. is kind of what this is. So that being said, it can only get better, I would hope. I don't think it can really do much worse. And not that it was horrible. It wasn't It wasn't horrible. It just the art really put me off. And then the story, to me, was slightly confusing. Uh, that being said, like, because... Somebody, maybe somebody can explain this to me, and maybe then it won't be so confusing. But there was the part where the symbiote is sitting there, and it's like, you know, talking to the little girl or whatever. And it's like, oh, let's eat the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Like the when the little kids are in the thing, it's like, let's eat the kids. And then the next page, once again, it looked like the way it was written. Maybe, maybe the the uh, the ink or not the, the anchor, letter. Uh, the letter screwed up. I don't know. But all of a sudden, on the next page, once again, it looked like it was the symbiote talking. It said, I hate seeing people get hurt. Yet you just said two minutes earlier you wanted to eat some small innocent children. It's bipolar. Yeah, something. <laughs> I don't I don't understand. I thought it was very kind of contradicting in that sense. Um, I also don't understand like what you were saying with Laura's being a small child. I, I, I don't get that. Yeah. Now, the only thing that I can say about Laura being a small child is that if you remember um, Spider-Verse, which by all means was fan-freaking-tastic. I love that story. Um, it, it all, they all came from different dimensions. So there's all the different um, Spider-Men from all the different dimensions and whatnot. So that being said, maybe Laura, because remember she went at the end, she gets kind of, spoiler alert, she gets like sucked through the portal, and then she ends up somewhere else. So the fact that she is a kid, it could probably be that she's just from another dimension, um, which is very, very possible. Uh, So that that could easily explain that away, but I still don't understand the the bipolarness of Venom, the symbiote. Um, And then one last thing that I have to say about the art, and then I'm done venom cap at the end <laughs> dude that looked horrible. venom cap was pretty bad venom cap venom cap is such a cool idea yeah it looks like it's just a black suit that's it 
Oh, dude, it was not good. It looks like a. It yeah. was not well written. It's not well drawn. I mean, it was. It's just. It wasn't good. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, I'm more optimistic for the main title mm. than I am the the road two. So we'll we'll see what happens. I I'll agree with you on that damn. Uh, venom cap thing if they just did like a black suit with some red highlights and then actually made it like more agent venom like that would probably be more appropriate for it but they made him look like garbage or even if they wanted to or even if they wanted to do some crazy whole i mean dude it's venom cap how many times in your life are you going to have the opportunity unless it's a commission to draw a venom cap let your imagination run freaking wild there's so many cool things yeah. that you could have done and that's what you chose to do you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. it's just yeah it's kind of weak I don't know. this um this this series so it seems like it's gonna sell a lot just on the covers alone people love these the like, covers are gorgeous people love these symbiote covers and the next one's like gwenpool symbiote that's probably going to be uh another really expensive book like edge of spider verse 2 was um but yeah i don't know i didn't really care for it and i probably won't um won't keep reading oh. those are my thoughts i'll i will <laughs> I'll keep, keep reading, reading too um just to see plus you know, I don't know. I love Venom. He's he's a he's an awesome character to me. So we'll we'll keep going and see what happens. Yeah, hopefully, but, like you said, it can only get better. You know. Well, mm, it could get worse. We think it can. It can only, get, yeah, next it issue. Can it can get worse. It could go Secret Empire on uh -huh. us. I mean, you know, it could. <laughs> Cat steals we'll the see. Cosmic Cube to reinvent Venom. Oh, dude, like, that would be sweet. No, that would not be sweet. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it would that would be bad. Um, but Spider-Man in general, wow. I think we've all, for sure, me and Rusty, mm -hmm. um, I've been trying to convince Nova to, to fall down this uh, Spider-Man rabbit hole with yep. me. Uh, dude, I'm on a big Spider-Man kick lately, and I got to say, I'm having the time of my life reading it. It. I'm granted. I'm reading old Spidey. Let's rewind here. I'm I'm going way back mm -hmm. in time, um, but I'm having a blast with it. I forgot how much I love this character until recently. I think it's funny that I'm reading basically the creative team after the creative team you're currently reading. So we're like in two different yeah, well, eras, like consecutively one after the other right now. Yes, I'm actually okay. So I'm actually reading a few things. So I'm reading. So I I just recently traded uh, one of my books for um, uh, the Spider-Man Omnibus, Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus Volumes One and Three. Um, he didn't have two, so I traded for one and three, and those are the Stan Lee ones. So one, two, and three volumes covers issue like Amazing Fantasy Fifteen all the way through Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, 104, I believe, is what the first three volumes cover. Um, so I started reading a little bit of those, and I got hooked. I was like, yep, I want the Omnis. I'm going to quit reading until I get the Omnis. So now I'm getting those. Once I get those big honking things, I'll start reading those again. Um, so digitally, I'm reading from like 105 going forward to um, where my next Omni takes place, which is the Roger Stern Omni, uh, which... Well, aside from the spectacular or the uh, the Peter Parker spectacular Spider-Man, um, aside from his stuff, there it takes place at Amazing Spider-Man two twenty four. Okay. I want to say so. Digitally, I'm reading 
um, Amazing Spider-Man 105, and then I'll eventually get through to 224. It'll take some time, but eventually I'll get there. Um, and then I'm currently reading physically uh, the Roger Stern Omni, which lately has all been spectacular Spider-Man. Like he did two years, I think, worth of spectacular Spider-Man before he got the Amazing Spider-Man job. So this Omni is like 1,300 pages of, of Stern Spidey from the 80s. Uh, so I'm getting through that and I'm having a ball with it. It's so much fun. I can't wait to, it, it actually hits amazing because the spectacular Spider-Man stuff is very, it almost feels one shoddy in a way. Um, maybe like two, two book arcs and that's really it. So, so I can't wait till I get to like amazing Spider-Man where it's major over arcs. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And then the next Omni I have is the David Michelini, Todd McFarlane one, which I just traded um, another book for. And then um, the other David Michelini, Eric Larson omnibus, which takes place right after. So you're currently reading the Tom DeFalco, Ron, uh, Friends. Ron Friends one. Yes. Yeah. So you're kind of like right after you're, you're after Stern, but before Michelini yep. and McFarlane. So it's, I met, uh, it's, yeah, no, I'm at uh two. I started at two fifty two, and I'm on two sixty five now, or two sixty six, or something like that. So um, it's all like you said, uh, Tom DeFalco, Ron Friends. There's a few issues in between where they had some guest ones, I guess, where they had went and did some other things. Thing is, is they're always referencing things that happened in Peter Parker's Spy uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, and I don't have all those issues to read. So I'm just like, <laughs> yes. all right, let me just kind of get the undertone of what happened in there and they split it up a little bit i mean it's understandable what's going on you know but uh I, man i really really like this tom defalco ron friends thing and i the thing is is 90s tom defalco uh if you've ever read any of his like spider-man writing from the night there's not much but there is some it is not as good as this and the artists he had do like work for him were no ron friends by any means and uh it's cool to so you're saying 80s is better than 90s. oh yeah 80s tom defalco oh my gosh it is really good and this is coming from someone who had a negative kind of like con like i guess i had a negative viewpoint of him before i started reading this and now that i'm reading this like what happened you were so good i understand why they made you editor-in-chief at marvel now in the 90s but what? Why did you let yourself go like this? It's crazy. Well, '90s Spider-Man got a lot of flack because you got to think that was also back when Clone Saga mm -hmm. happened. Was in the '90s, and I mean, a lot of people. I'm I'm going to eventually someday get the uh, get the Omnis for the Clone Saga as well. And I was actually just talking to Jabo about it yesterday. He made me feel a little bit better about wanting to collect the Clone Saga because the Clone Saga gets so much flack from collectors. And I okay, so when I was a kid growing up, Spider Man and Batman were like my two favorite uh -huh. heroes of all time. That's what I read growing up. But as I've said before, when I grew up, I didn't make it to a shop every week. I, I really hardly ever went to a comic shop. I would have to get comics like every few months, whatever was available on the supermarket shelf on the spinner racks. Like that was how I collected comics. And so therefore, 
I always got really random issues. I never collected arcs. I never got to read full arcs or anything like that until these last few years when I've gotten older and I've gotten omnis and, uh, you know, there's the trade paperbacks and digital and things like that. Now I'm able to go back and read those things. Uh, whereas growing up, I read a handful of issues of Clone Saga. I really dug it. I'm like, I don't understand the hate. But apparently it's just massive amount of crossover. Like it lasted over a year and it crisscrossed like five books or whatever. And so a lot of people really dislike the Clone Saga. So I wonder if maybe that, you know, has something to do with it is, you know, and I asked Jabo too. I said, why do people hate the Clone Saga so much in the 90s, in 90s Spider-Man? And he said he thinks it's because people didn't like reading Spider-Man that wasn't their Spider-Man. So they're reading it knowing it's Ben Riley portraying Peter Parker. And people didn't like it. People wanted Peter Parker back. It's like John um, Paul Valley Batman, mm-hmm. I guess. Yes, exactly. Exactly. As everyone knows, Rusty likes to call him fake bats. <laughs> he gets he gets a lot of you know, he gets a lot of flack as well. Um, you know, that, that nightfall yeah. um run. I mean, honestly, Clone Saga you could probably compare it to Nightfall yeah. as yeah. far as but I love if Nightfall. If that's the case, so then I would enjoy I Clone Saga, yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I'm like, I love Nightfall, sure. so I guess. But, yeah, I don't know. I've fallen down a huge Spider-Man rabbit hole lately. And like I said, you guys, I'm having the absolute time of my life. And I know Nova has talked about how he's a little afraid to dip his toes in the Spider-Man waters. It's a lot. Because once you fall into that hole, there's a lot to there's a lot of reading. There's a lot to collect. It's intimidating just, looking at it, man. Yeah. Like whenever I started at 252 and I got to 263, I was just like, okay, my arc is done for what I want to read. And there's so much more to go. But let's just keep going and yeah. see what happens. Let's see how long I can last before I get bored. And I'm still not bored. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean... X-Men is is daunting enough to try and get into but That's hard. Spider Spider-Man's not as hard obviously, but it's a very it's definitely second. You know. Yeah. Spider-Man is just so I don't know, the thing that I loved about him is that he's he's Okay, so I feel like there's like at least two sides to every person, right? Everybody kind of has like a light side and sort of a dark side so to speak, right? And so that's why I loved Batman because he kind of spoke to like my darker senses like the the things that i'm more into when it comes to like the darker things i'm like yeah he's kind of a dark brooding character i really like that but then i'm also like a huge like sarcastic smart ass and so and i was kind of like a nerd in high school and things like that so spider-man like really really speaks to me as well because like i love that sarcastic side and so just depending on my mood it'll depend on do i read batman or do i read spider-man you know what i mean and i think that's why probably why both characters speak so much to people um, is because you can relate on these different levels, but I really am just loving Spider-Man and Nova, you got to take the plunge. You got to try it. Like I said, the Spidey waters are fine. So jump right (laughs) in. Fair enough. Maybe. Well, you read Uh, that 263 issue and our 260. I think it was 263, right? Yeah. I just, um, you, I'm currently treading water in that in that Captain '80s Captain America stuff, but once I ah uh, see that's gonna be my next that's gonna be my I think next so uh, for me too. Dive. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I 
see, I never would have thought to read it, to be honest with you. And then Nova said that he was reading it. He said he bought a couple of the epics. He was reading it and said, it's just, dude, he goes, it's so much fun. Yeah. He goes, it's just, there's no politicalness. It's just Captain America fighting bad guys and horrible guys. Yeah, there's magic <laughs> in there. Batroc speaking with the, I can't believe they wrote out the French like Z and like uh, <laughs> Capitan America. Like now they don't do that anymore. But back then it was just like, yeah, let's, let's put that stereotypical accent in the actual text. It's great, man. It's so oh, much fun. Awesome. It's so much fun. Nomad running around in the goofy. His costume is so stupid. He's got this weird, like, cutout here, like a Power Girl, like, boob window. It's so, <laughs> <laughs> it's so absurd. It's so absurd. He gets a, a job as, like, a bagger window. in a grocery store because he wants to be, like, show everyone he's responsible. Dude, you're, like, it, it's so it's so funny. It's great. Yeah, it's a lot oh, of fun. It's funny. The 80s were great, man. Looking back now, it's real simplicity to the stories, but they sort of surprised you because you're you, 25 issues later, you're like, what? It all ties back to this, like, this first arc? Crazy. I didn't expect mm-hmm. that. Well, and not only that, but I feel like the 80s, 90s, and I mean, even in the 60s, like, honestly, I'm reading 60s stuff. I started reading some of the Fantastic Four in the 60s. Um, I've never been a big Stan Lee fan, but I was like, you know what? Now I'm older. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna try to read these digitally. And I'm, dude, I'm having a blast, man. Spider Man's like Daredevil. Uh, me and Nova were talking about Daredevil the other night, and he's like, yeah, you know, I think if I if I get another Omni, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna do a Silver Age Omni, it's gonna be uh, uh, Daredevil. And I said, oh, is that any good? He goes, from what I remember, it was. So I went back and I I read it some of it digitally. I'm like, God, this is so much fun. Like, it's just, they cared about stuff back then. Like, they cared about their writing. It's not like they're just trying to pump out books in a quick manner. Maybe they only had five or six titles coming out at a time. But, fuck, those titles mattered. Like, they were good. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I read through um, a Man-Thing crossover and a dared, older Daredevil issue the other night where I think it was, like, uh, maybe, it was some issue between Daredevil 100 and 115. It was three in a row, basically, and um, they were connected um, to Man Thing, and I was just—it <laughs> was the silliest thing. I'm gonna say this right now. Basically, um, Foggy's daughter got kidnapped and taken to Florida, and Man Thing was trying to protect it, and then protect her. And Daredevil or Matt Murdock shows up down there to serve some kind of thing and try and find her in the swamps or whatever. And so there's like blind Daredevil trying to walk out into the swamp (laughs) and Man-Thing pops up and his radar senses can't figure out the shape of Man-Thing. And so he's like, there's something in front of me and it's alive, but it doesn't have a heartbeat and it's not shaped like a person. And he's just standing there like, staring at it while man thing's doing all the work and he's just frozen trying to like figure out in his head what the hell this thing is and um it's funny because it's a daredevil comic but he gets kidnapped and man thing basically frees him so it's just like all right matt apparently you do not belong in this swamp with some random mythological scary voodoo stuff because you're just getting kidnapped and you have no idea what's going on because your radar senses cannot help you with mystical stuff so yeah it's daredevil issue man thing based and uh that's great yeah man thing doesn't really say anything in it the whole time and it's just 
Matt and um, Rory basically uh, sitting there being, uh, you know, freed by Man Thing, and it, it's pretty cool. Um, not something you would typically see in a normal Daredevil issue. I will say that. Like, be if you want something outside of New York where he's traveling around, it's something that I would suggest just because it's a little short two, three-part issue, and then it ties right back into going back to New York and, you know, it goes right back into it. A little fun three-shot thing. It's hmm. awesome. Yeah, I don't know. Basically, for me, it boils down to 80s and 90s Marvel is when Marvel, even 60s mm-hmm. Marvel, 70s Marvel, like, through the 90s, that's when Marvel gave a shit, and... I feel like nowadays they just kind of slap stuff to a wall to see what sticks, and I and I have a hard time getting back into Marvel because of that. Um, I think they need to take a page out of DC's, you know, book, and uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a reboot that they need to do, but they need to get back to to caring about these characters and stop trying to pump out eighty thousand books and start trying to create stories that people actually care about again you know what i mean like i told nova several times i was like you know i've never been a superman fan ever i could care less about superman until i started reading rebirth they made me care about a character that i've never cared about like it's so good i mean granted you got like tomasi and gleason and people like that writing the character which helps but you know still like gotta put the right people in the right places yeah the editor's job the editor-in-chief's job is I mean, I think that's what they did with, like, Thor when they got on Jason Aaron to do yeah. God of Thunder. You brought back Thor, a character, once again, that not a lot of people really cared about. He's sort of a character from, you know, that was big back in, like, the 60s and 70s and, you know, even 80s with, with Walt Simonson's run. But after that, Thor kind of fell off. You know, he wasn't like, a big character yeah. until they brought in Jason Aaron, and holy crap. And now we're back to four Thors. Um, <laughs> I <Yeah>. saw... <laughs> I saw um, the legacy cover for for Mighty Thor is uh, a throwback to Death of Captain Marvel, Marvel. Mm-hmm. So she may just die of cancer soon. Who uh, knows? Right, Nitro shows up out of nowhere and it's just like, hey, here's some Thor cancer. Thanos has mm-hmm. got the cancer, or Thanos has the cancer. Let's give you some uh, Asgardian cancer. Well, she's already <laughs> she's already got cancer. So, um, well, Jane. Jane, whatever. Jane Foster. Jane Foster. Yeah, she's got cancer anyway. So here's some she's extra. Take the bucket. I was gonna say, here's some extra special Asgardian triple time cancer. <laughs> and then we'll have Sif just pick up the hammer, and right. um, that'll be the female Thor. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> one of the things that, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, they're doing that thing. I they did a bleeding cool article recently. And who knows if we... Why do you go there? I don't Why do you give them ad money, man? Do not. It wasn't me. It was posted (laughs) in a room. And it said that Marvel was going to maybe reboot. So I was just like, all right, let me see what the the hell this is. And um, they're talking about starting renumbering again. And I really hope they don't. So... Thor's going to be number oh, no, 700. They're, they're Re, if they renumber, yeah, let's hope re-number. they go back to the original numbering. That's the, that's the plan. Well, that, that's what they're doing. They're doing yeah. legacy numbering because uh, Dan Slott even tweeted out um, about the Spider-Man legacy numbering. He was like, explaining like how it worked or whatever and broke it all down. and um, like It's going to be 12 issues or something like that away from uh, uh, Spider-Man 800. Oh, cool. So we'll see. Yeah. Either way, um, that reminds me. How close are we to Detective and Action One Thousand? Hmm. Makes me wonder. I know. I gotta go out and buy it because uh, 
It's gonna be worth some, maybe. But not really. I just want to buy it just to say I have it. Wow. I know, I'm not reading Batman or... I'm still reading Green Lantern. If you read the newest issue, oh my gosh, Nova. You would like Hal Jordan. Oh my gosh. It was so good. They're all working together in harmony. And um, the only thing that's weird is Kyle Rayner and... um, What's her name? The leader of the uh, Yellow Lanterns now. The girl. uh, Ceranic. Ceranic. uh, Their weird relationship. Uh, That is about... It's the only odd thing about the book. But everything else about it's awesome right now. Can't believe we got Rusty reading a DC title Mm -hmm. still. Yeah, I'm totally caught up on that. The only issue I don't have is I guess it came out this past Wednesday and I don't have that one. So I haven't read that. Don't feel bad. I'm actually behind. Like I said, I've been on a Valiant kick for a few months, so I'm, I'm behind on some DC stuff. Yeah. Dude. Um, so 982. Action Comics 982 was the most recent one. Uh-oh. So in nine months. 18 issues. In nine months, number 1,000. Oh, my God. Already. The the double release really, uh, really fired those numbers out, huh? Jeez. They better not renumber once it hits a oh, thousand. No, they, they better they not should. start renumbering. If they're gonna, they're gonna milk it. It's gonna be like one thousand point one. One thousand yeah. first issue after a thousand. Oh, that's, a, that's a Marvel. That's a Marvel thing. Oh, the Marvel point one. The yeah, point yeah, the ones. point one for sure. Yeah. Five point two three. Yeah, I saw. Um, I saw after the reboot, the, not the reboot, the legacy thing. There's gonna be fifty three Marvel books. They, they trim the fat to that number. Uh, what would they have before? 98? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'd say that's pretty good. Maybe they can start focusing more on the story and less on quality. Well, that's my worrisome part. Quality over quality. That's my worrisome part, though, is that we're getting rid of a lot of these boutique books, as you would say. Like, we're not going to have Silver Surfer anymore or all these other ones. So it's like, well, are we going to have a bunch of mainstream movie books shame. or what? That is a damn shame. You know what? As long as they bring back Fantastic Four, though, like the original Fantastic Four, I'll be okay. I don't know if they will. Man. They need Johnny to. Thunders with the what? Inhumans now. You, he's he's doing his own thing. What's Thing doing? Just running around with Thing is and, like hell? has his weird uh, Fantastic Four costume that he's representing by himself, basically. So, well, Thing's staying true to his roots. So you go, Thing. Yeah, you get it. Before they turn you to a female. What's well, the weirdest thing? <laughs> the weirdest thing right now is, like you said, they're gonna trim the fat, but we're still gonna have like uh, I think it's like eight X Men books or something like that, eight or ten. So. Well, that's because X Men sell. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they're doing a pretty dang good job about it. I mean, I find I know last week we well, talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I we talked about it last <laughs> week, Nova, but I hadn't read it yet. But uh, Weapons of Mutant destruction was actually pretty dang good and weapon x is pretty good i really think that you would get into it uh tap yeah. like honestly yeah those yeah like i said i've i've kind of pushed a lot of stuff off to the side the last couple of months i'm i need i'm needing to get back into um kind of a normal swing of diversifying things now. So, no i am i i do want to read those i think those would be yeah. decent it's a uh, hulk Verine. So that's the ongoing name for it now is Hulk Varane. Yeah, so. we'll see. That could be interesting. I'm not going to knock it till I no. read it. That could be interesting. It seems a way, the, the whole team, though, in general for it, it just seems like kind of like an overpowered mess, even though it's written really well by Greg Pak. So, uh, yeah, Greg Pak, Greg Land, the, the Battle of the Gregs on these uh, comics. But um, you, the only thing that bugs me about Weapons of Mutant Destruction is 
is I'm going to have to, I guess everyone is, uh, they're crossovering the Totally Awesome Hulk books into it. So it's not just yeah. read Weapons of Mutant Destruction. It's like read this one and then read Totally then Awesome Weapon Hulk, X. then read Weapon X, and then yeah. it's going back and forth between Hulk and Weapon X. As long as it's only two books, I could do that. As soon as they start branching out into like more than two, that's when it gets ridiculous. Yeah, that's so. why I'm glad they're not doing like Old Man Logan stuff or anything in it. So yeah, it's fun I'm, so far. I'm with you. It's fun so far. Yeah, I think you would dig it though. You should definitely give it a try. I guess I'll check it. We out. can just talk about this really quick. Did you guys see the last page of Secret Empire Five? No, I don't know anything. Does that else. come Did out this last Rusty? Wednesday? <laughs> yeah. Did you no, read I it, Rusty? Read it yet. I haven't read it yet. Oh, I want to spoil it. <laughs> you can spoil uh, it if you really want to. Um, so Cap walks into a room and he just says something about... Uh, I guess Tap's not going to hear this. He he says something to a guy sitting at a table and then he's it's like dot, dot, dot. And then you turn the page and it says dot, 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 Bruce Banner with the question mark at the end. And you just see like a guy sitting at a table. So, um, I don't know, man. Brucey may be back. He doesn't have any uh, gamma radiation in him anymore, though. Yeah. So but uh, you never know. You never know what's happened, man. He might be Hydra Hulk. Mm. Got the anger back in him again. That he white can't privilege. can't be Hydra anger. Hulk, though, because <laughs> we have totally awesome Hulk. Hydra yeah. weapons mutant destruction funky so he yeah he's doing that but he's also part of secret empire just blowing my mind Uh, it's just too much he's part of the champions i don't know and he's also running around there yeah it doesn't make sense it's our whole argument that we've had lately especially with dang scarlet witch and Mm -hmm. her being chathon or whatever uh makes no sense because it never (laughs) explained what uh zemo did with the dark hold to make chathon come out and pop into her unless there's something in the scarlet witch book that all of us missed but red skull said it himself he's not here but he told us he has read it all and he has not figured it out yeah. either so that's that's dangerous man if if that's the case then you know there's something missing maybe they just they're waiting to uh to let that go like i said maybe it'll just be a no more hydra that she'll just say that and and then you have the age of Chathan, and that'll be the next arc that they've been that they've secretly been holding on to. That'd be right. kind of cool. I wouldn't if we had Scarlet <laughs> Witch as a main villain. I would not argue with that in a an event. Cool. I think she could hold off most of the universe by herself. So, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty, it could be cool. But um, yeah, we've been we've been railing on for a solid amount of time here. Yeah, a little over an hour yeah. now. And um, so since we're, we, we don't have an interview this week for you guys, um, unfortunately, we had to do some rescheduling of some things, so we don't have an interview. But that is why we've been rambling on for an hour, because we still wanted to give you guys a solid quality yeah, podcast. And hopefully, hopefully this was good enough. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we made up for an right. interview. Uh, but so anyways, be sure that you guys are checking this out every Saturday. Please go online, like our Facebook page, Four Guys in a Comic. You can follow us on Twitter at the number four guys in a comic. Also, do us a favor if you have if you listen to us via iTunes or you even have an iTunes account, go online and do a review. Okay, just review the podcast. It would be nice if you gave us five stars, but give us whatever you truly feel. All right, just give us a rate. It reviews help 
podcasts like ours be found. There's, you know what I mean? So we would greatly appreciate any assistance in that area. Um, other than that, stay tuned. And uh, we'll be seeing you guys here in a month at NovaCon. So if you're going to be in the D.C. area, make sure you're mm-hmm. there. NovaCon, July 28, 29, and 30. Tyson's Corner, Virginia, right outside of D.C. Three of the four guys are going to be there. Uh, Rusty will not be. However, he will be there in spirit and Skype. Skype. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll we'll still make it happen. But Nova, Red, and I will all be there. Red will be doing his cosplay as the Red Skull. And... Uh, we're just going to have a really fun time. So great. if you're in the area, be sure to stop out. Meet John Wesley Ship, Kelly Who, uh, William Cat. I can't remember the other celebrities uh, that are going to be there, but there's going to be some really great creators and yeah. artists and writers and things there as well. Very exciting. Very cool. So thank you all once again for tuning in. And until next week, the power is yours. You stay classy, Internet. Excelsior! <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to Four Guys in a Comic Interviews. Today, we have none other than Mr. Ken Marcus. Uh, Ken is a writer for a hilarious comic book called Superhuman Resources. Ken, thank you for being on the show tonight. Uh, Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. So, Uh, Ken, for those out there not familiar with you, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself. um, So, yep, I'm the writer of a comic book called Superhuman Resources, and it's published through Action Lab Entertainment. And um, our first volume was actually published like six-ish, seven years ago through Ape Entertainment, who is no longer uh, in business. But um, a lot of other people went over to Action Lab, so I'm happy to be there. Um, In my day job, I'm a writer in advertising. Uh, I do a lot of like Geico commercials, so I'm probably most famous for like that Hump Day ad. Uh, It's probably the most well-known thing I've ever worked on. But all those commercials that are like, it's what you do, I work on those. So it's a a fun day job. That is cool. That's really cool, man. Oh, a little bit of echo. Not every day, but most days. Is cool. uh, I in my work in the office I'm at, that Hump Day ad was all over the place last year. It was everywhere <laughs> yeah. I turned, I had people screaming Hump Day at me. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably haunting. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's catchy. It works. So between all the commercial stuff and all the uh, Geico work and all that, how do you find time for comics? I don't find a lot of time. Um, so this this volume has only been four issues. Kind of has been in the works for four or five years. It's just there's times I go months for a time without working on it, and then there's times I work on it a lot. And my artist, a guy named Armando Zanker, was very reliable. I, w- I was the one that was pretty unreliable. Um, but our publisher, Action Lab, is pretty smart about it. you have to finish the whole series, the, the mini series, four issues before you can solicit the first. Because as you know, there's a lot of comics, especially in indie comics or something solicited, and you never see uh, the second or third issue. So uh, all four issues are done and are ready to print. So um, I had to make sure everything was done before we uh, solicited the first one. Very cool. So the, what, I guess, came, what what inspired, I guess, this book? Because it's very much superheroes mixed in with, like, The Office, mixed in with Animaniacs, mixed in with Drawn Together. I mean, it's just all these crazy elements all kind of blended into one. So I guess kind of what inspired you and, and came up with this idea? Um, you know, I, I'm a longtime comic fan, and, and I sort of realized, like, I kind of want to write a comic, but I know I can't do what, like, 
uh, the, the the guys I'm fans of and, and ladies I'm, I'm a fan of doing. So I wanted to do something that I feel like I could do myself. And um, I'm definitely a, a fan of like animated shows like Venture Brothers or Archer or Simpsons. And uh, um, I feel like I, I could play in that medium um, and, and do something fun. So, um, and so the idea of uh, Superhuman Resources, it just was a catchy name, kind of popped in my head, and I always like to think about what's all this, you know, I just like to think of these guys as co-workers, and, and stuff that happens all the time that we take for granted in comics, it's like, you would just, would be like every day, just like being possessed and turning evil, that happens all the time, so what, what if, the, I mean, it happens every other week, so what if that's like to deal with it from that perspective, of like, it's no big deal that um, our planets are about to collide, or it's no big deal that I've been possessed by uh, uh, some demon overlord. Like, I just like that idea of like, what would it be like day to day as a mundane job to work alongside superheroes? That's exactly what I was uh, kind of getting. I mean, like when I was reading it, it was really relatable. Like that, yeah. and I mean, that was just something that was there. But you were talking about how uh, other comics and stuff. What are some comics that you pulled inspiration from? Well, you know, there's some, um, you know, there's just like all these, there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I'm ripping off, honestly. I mean, you just clear like um, Swamp Thing, Batman analogs, uh, there's a clear um, Starfire analog. Um, you know, I'm, I was a big DC Marvel person, I still am. There's there's definitely an Infinity Gauntlet thing in there, there's like a Watcher thing, there's a, a little uh, shrunken city of Candor makes an appearance in some way, so... There's all these little things that, but basically they're kind of like, what would they be like around just an office? Um, uh, as far as specific stories, I can't really think of anything, but there's always, you know, I kind of turn on into this idea of meeting your future self in, in the first volume. And, you know, it's a big X-Men thing and like being, you know, teleported to a, a future, um, you know, uh, or backwards into a, a different time. Um, so there's all these little cues I picked up uh, reading um, comics along the way, but nothing like specific story-wise. But there's definitely a lot of familiar stuff. So uh, when you were younger, what were some of the first comics that you got into, and how'd you get into comics? Well, I remember the thing that just kind of lit me up was just Secret Wars. I remember like that blew my mind. Like, oh, there's all these, you know, like that's the guy. That was the first thing I got my head around, like a shared universe. Like, oh, X Men and Avengers and Iron Man and Spider Man are all in the same comic, and then that for some reason just lit a fire under me. And I got into Marvel huge, and um, I definitely got into DC later. But um, you know, I, I was a big X Men person. Um, I love Spider Man. Um, and then as I got older in my twenties, I definitely start following writers more. Um, I'm almost, uh, I kind of believe. Any writer can do any character well, so I started just following writers. I like uh, like Grant Morrison. I'm huge into him. Warren Ellis, uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, Matt Fraction, uh, Garth Ennis. I just you know I generally follow writers. Kind of going to the the art side of your book, Superhuman Resources. I noticed I obviously I had the pleasure of reading volumes one and two, and I cannot talk enough about them. Everyone, please go out and check out these books. They're hilarious, but. Um, I noticed in Volume 1 and Volume 2, the art was very different uh, between the two books. Now, did you have different artists, or did that was it the same art? So you said the books were like six or seven years apart? Yep. So actually, um, the first artist, a guy named Justin Bleep, that's not his real name, uh, but he was a, randomly, he was like an EDM DJ, and that was his name, so kind of use that as his art name. Uh, he's actually the series, well, he's still credited as the series co-creator, since he kind of helped me create a lot of characters and design. Um so he's still a creator, and he still does the covers for Volume Two. He he did four covers for us. Um, he he he's a funny story because we would do like comic conventions for Volume One, 
And he hated comics. Like, he hated conventions. He's like, oh, I hate these people. He's like, he hated doing sketches. And, like, he just didn't like it. I'm like, well, you're in the wrong business because clearly, uh, you know, you have to like comics if you're going to do indie comics. Uh, you have to sort of love it. He just wasn't into it. But it was weird. Like, we'd go back to the hotel room. He had all these crazy Legos, right? He was really into Legos, these huge Lego dioramas. I don't even know what he did. Uh, so his dream was to work for Lego, and now he does. He works in Denmark as a, a designer for Lego. So it was oh, kind of wow. cool oh, that. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of cool that you know most people dream about getting into comics. He dreams something else. So, but he's still very supportive of the book. We're still very friendly, and um, like I said, he he's done covers for our uh, our second volume. Uh, my new artist is a guy named Armando Zenker. I met him through or my editors at Ape. He had done some licensed stuff for them, like Richie Rich and Casper, I believe. Um, he uh, did some stuff for the Middleman comic. Um, so I just hooked up with him and he, he's great. He, he's a little bit more like classically animated feel. He kind of looks like a J bone or player versus player vibe. He's definitely more, um, the other guy was a little more experimental, I think with anatomy and line work. Um, I think Armando is a little more traditional and, and like animated style. Did you ever see this book or potentially see this book becoming maybe uh, a cartoon series, so to speak? I could definitely see something like this on like Adult Swim or Comedy Central. It's funny. It's funny because like there was like a week in my first volume that like some some production company was interested, you know, and and uh, I was doing calls. One of the guys, was an executive producer on Futurama, was interested, and so everyone's like, "Oh, you gotta get yourself an entertainment lawyer." Blah blah. So it was like a week or two. I thought something was gonna happen. This was years ago. Of course, nothing happens. And every once in a while, like we do a call and. And, um, you know, uh, nothing ever happened. I actually talked to the guy at William Street, who, who's a big production company behind um, Adult Swim. And, and he was really cool. He was like, yeah, this could be a show, but um, uh, you got to go make it. So it just gave me into, uh, an insight into how shows are made. So there's no, like, his whole thing was like, there's no idea that's so great we're going to just hand you a bunch of money to make a show. You have to make your own show, you know, get your own financing, make it, and then we'll buy it. You know what I mean? Like, so unless you have financing to do it. So it was, like, really kind of cool how they look at things from, from their point of view. They're like, we have a stack of great ideas. We have a stack of scripts and pilots that are they're great ideas. Um, and, and yours could be a great show. we got 20 more like it. Uh, so if you want to make a show, you have to make it yourself. I thought that was pretty interesting. That said, I think DC is doing a, a, a show, a live action show on NBC. It's a very similar concept, like working with superheroes. I think it's called like Powerless, I think. It's a, like they're an insurance company, kind of like um, Damage Control. Um, I honestly don't get that worked up about like other shows being similar. Um, I saw my wife sent me a link to a book on Slate that had a similar concept. And the idea of superheroes in comics, I mean, in, off, in workplace comedy is not a huge stretch to make take two popular things the office and avengers and smish them together it's not a hard leap to make but i like to think i'm doing something completely different from like how i'm doing it and um and honestly uh i don't i'm just thrilled to be in a comic store like the biggest thrill for me is to walk into a comic store and see my comic on a shelf like that's all i'm in it for uh, and so uh that you know um, i think there's a thing in the industry where like being a show is an ultimate sort of um arbiter for success and for me i just i love comics i'm happy for it to just be a comic so there was like a six or seven year or so hiatus between volumes one and volumes two uh and i know volume two is um about to drop here i think at the end of this month right into april um it'll be so it's in previews now 
Uh, so the, the the reprint will be in May, and uh, I think it's the third week in May, and then the first issue of, uh, um, will be uh, mid-June. Okay. So, But the reason I'm doing all my press now is, like, you know, for indie comics, it's super important that people ask their retailers for it while it's in previews. So um, otherwise, and, and just my luck, like our comics coming out like the same month, like Civil War Two and like Rebirth's yeah. coming out. So it's like, you gotta, <laughs> it's going to be a crowded shelf, you know. Well, I will definitely do our part in trying to help you out as much as I can and see about getting you into some local shops around here because it, it's a phenomenal book. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, I, I can't, like I said, I can't speak enough about it. I um, think I appreciate it. Do you have plans already? Because it's four issues each volume. Uh, do you have plans for future issues, or you get, is it going to be another potential hiatus in between? Or I hope not. You know, like kind of. I had like young kids and the job change and. Stuff kind of got in the way, and, and if I'm being blunt with you all, like, you know, doing comedy is hard when you're not in a great mood, and you know, when uh, you have to be sort of in a certain mood to write it. So, um, you know, sometimes the months would go by, I just wasn't in the mood for it. Uh, but no, I'm hoping, you know, I, I, generally with Action Lab, what, I, what I, a pattern I've seen is if a comic does pretty well, they'll they'll do it as a make it as a monthly or or semi month like every other month title. So I'm hoping if it does well with orders. Uh, we can maybe look and go monthly or every other month. Oh, that would make my year. Mm. That would be awesome. No, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it would. No, I was actually re- I, like, that's the thing though. Whenever we had to do this, um, start the call uh, with you, I was actually reading all the way up to it, and I was like, oh, dang. Cramming. Yeah, no, not just cramming. I was like, I was really into it. I was like going and going, and I thought for a second, I was like, man, I wish I had like thirty more minutes to finish reading. <laughs> <laughs> but I get to talk to the man behind it himself, so that's even cooler. I, I have to admit, uh, in reverse, that I was I was cramming. I was listening to some of your podcasts before this, so. <laughs> right <laughs> so which ones were you listening to? Um, I was listening to the one actually, the Matt Hawkins. I, I saw a uh-huh. clip of that, and um, uh, who else was the other guy you talked to? Um, I forget, but I was just kind of cramming. Yeah. So. That's cool. Well, we got a rebirth coming up of our own on May oh, yeah. 7th. So, oh, yeah, yes. we're, we're completely changing a lot of stuff up. So, May 7th will be a, a new rebirth for us. So a mystery right now. Yeah, it's a mystery. I got to ask real fast. Yes. Okay. What? Where do you see, you know, the future of you in comics? Um... You know, I, I would be happy just in my own little world doing more superhuman resources. I mean, it's a pretty wide open flat platform. I can kind of do whatever I want in it and do what any character I want. So I feel like there's more a little fun to have in that world. Um, I'm, I'm sort of lucky that I don't, I don't feel the need that I want to like. I have friends that are in, in the business who have done pretty successful indie books, and they just have to beg to do an eight-page backup on a big two title and, I, and like jump through all these tubes for editors. And I have no interest in that. and um, so I'm happy to just do my own little thing, and um, like I said, I'm just thrilled to be in comic stores and comicsology and do conventions. I, I don't feel the need that I, I have to make this a career. That's cool. So, so Ken, I got to ask you, what yeah. do you keep in your short box? Um, you know, I have to say, I'm uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really going more to trades lately. This last uh-huh. year too, like. I found myself like liking books, buying the whole book in, in floppies and singles, and then rebuying it as a trade. I'm like, what am I doing? It's like you're buying for everything twice. So lately, I've been really just doing a lot of trades. Um, I, I'm a big, I like to create around stuff. I buy a lot of image titles. Um, like I said, I love Warren Ellis. I just got his injection. I like Rick Remender. I like his Deadly Class and um, Black Science. 
there's a book I just got from um, uh, We Can Never Go Back. We Can Never Go Home by Black Mask. I like that a lot. Uh, I just got the uh, the Humans, that bike monkey gang book. I think that's Image. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I got a whole stack over there. I'm actually just reading. Uh, I, Copra or Copra. Um, I just read that. I like that. So generally I buy trades. Um, but I still get X-Men. Um, I still get Walking Dead in, in month to month. There's a couple mm-hmm. comics I still get month to month. Um, like I said, if there's a good writer, I'll, I'll generally follow whatever they're doing. We have Volume 1 now, and we've had Volume 2. You said you hope to start doing it uh, month to month and stuff. Would you ever consider, like, uh, who would be, say that you had to find a new artist or something? Is there some kind of dream artist that you wish you could work with on your own stuff? Uh, that's a good question. I love Sean Murphy. I he wouldn't work on my stuff, but I love him. For Superhuman Resources, you need a certain kind of person that's really good at, uh, like, expressions. Yeah. Uh, I like J-Bone. Um, I'm trying to think who else would be good for this. I, 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 you know, it'd be awesome. This is it. Scotty Young. He'd be, yes, he'd be, that's a good yeah, Scotty Young. Would see, be I could see Scotty doing this. He'd be awesome. Uh, there was a guy who actually did colors and did a cover for my first book called Joey Mason. He doesn't work in comics anymore, but he had a similar vibe. He's awesome. Yeah, but in that area of a, of a Scotty Young would be awesome. Yeah, he seems cool. ideal for the, uh, yeah. the style of art. Yeah, that's. Uh, I Hate Fairyland is awesome. It uh, is. Yeah. It really is enjoyable. Gotta love Gertrude. Sam Ellis, his style, Adventure Time. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I could see something like that as well with it, too. Yeah, so it's, yeah, that'd be great. Um, you know, since it took me so long to finish the second volume, I'm just trying to get through this. I haven't even yeah. thought about more. but uh, Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And uh, you guys probably picked up, but the difference between the two volumes is I, I definitely say that I'm, I was kind of learning on the job a little bit with the first one. Like the very first issue, there's literally no plot whatsoever. It's just kind of like joke, 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 setting, setting, setting. It wasn't until I think towards the end in, in the second volume, I feel like I've got a better handle on a plot and a story and arcs. And so it works a little bit more like a normal comic without sacrificing the kind of opportunities for fun we can have. So um, I, was, I was definitely learning on the job a little bit. Yeah, so, Kenny, plans or thoughts for a, a different uh, story or series other than uh, Superhuman Resources? Have any, anything else in the back of your brain that you're thinking about putting down? I, I did have one good idea for a story, a little more all ages. It's kind of um, uh, a story about a cosplayer. Um, it, mm-hmm. Again, I'm, I'm sort of fascinated with this idea of like a real person juxtaposed in a superhero world. and It would be kind of funny to tell a story of a person that was a cosplayer in the superhero world. Yeah, I was just going to say, kind of going back to you said growing as a writer and things, I said you could... In between volumes one and two, you can definitely kind of see the growth and whatnot. But don't don't show, sell yourself short on volume one. It is still amazing. I love both <laughs> volumes equally. I like I said, I can't gush enough about this book. I was seriously I dying you. laughing as I was reading it. Um, well, I'm, I'm very excited. You, I'm gonna send you. You're my new favorite person. I'm gonna send you nude pictures of myself. So oh, awesome! awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want. No, you don't want. That. No, I like I said. I honestly can't gush about it enough. It, it takes. And like you said, you know, there's Infinity Island, there's Batman, and there's Swamp Thing, and there's all this stuff. But they're all like parodies and spoofs of these characters. So it's it's not like you're stealing these characters. So I don't want people to think that, like, when you say that, that you're, like, you know, stealing these. Because you're not. It's complete spoofs and parodies of them, which makes it so great. It's The Wombat's great. The peeper? <laughs> I don't think I laughed so hard as when I read that little that panel with the peeper. I lost it. Yeah, I was I like, this is great. Yeah, I'm worried what happens if Marvel or Warner Brothers lawyers get hold of this, but uh, yeah, no, it's fun. 
Uh, but I, you know, I hope even though I'm like definitely poking fun at a lot of stuff, I, I hope people can see that I still love comics. I don't want to be like comics are stupid. I mean, some things are about them are stupid, but I still there's like done with love, and um, they're still, um, you know, it's still done with love, and a lot of the stuff I'm poking fun at, I, I I secretly love. Yeah, I don't. I I didn't read it as you were you know disrespecting it anyway i think it was very much done from a, a place of love and and comedy so i think people understand that yep cool and, and also what was important to me is like uh you know i, I was you know I, I like family guy fine but i i'm a big simpsons guy and i think the big difference is like there's like a there's a heart to the simpsons and there's like there's still they're still a family and they still love each other and it's not just about jokes and i, I was always wanted my book to be have some kind of heart and and something nice about it too not just jokes so um that's i'm a i'm a huge simpsons fan so um i kind of model that style off of that off that show before we uh wrap things up ken is there anything that you want to mention or throw out there um no just what i said earlier about um we're in our new volume is in previews uh right now so uh, I think we're in mid-April now, so if you and then you have a week or so until April 30th to tell your comic store about us. And and usually what happens is if you tell your store you want to order one, they usually order a couple more. So that's the best way to get the word out about indie comics is to tell your store. Um, we have a variant cover from Gabriel Hardman, which is awesome. He, he's he's great. He's a sweetheart and really super talented. Um, so yeah, uh, we're from Action Lab, and I'm, I'm thrilled to just be back in comic stores again. And I, I, I completely appreciate your support. I do conventions, and I can't tell how many people come up to you and be like, oh, I heard you on this podcast, and it, it's neat to meet someone face. Instead of putting something out into the ether of the Internet to you know, put a, a voice and a face and, and meet someone in person is always great. Do you have any conventions that you're going to be coming up at that maybe people might be able to see you at? Yeah, actually, you, it'll, be the, it'll be a week before our book is on shelves as Heroes in um, Charlotte is a big one, and we'll have a con-exclusive. Uh, it'll be our first actual place you can buy Superhuman Resources too. Uh, so that's, I think, the third week in June. And then I'll probably do Baltimore and New York Comic Con, which is more towards the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Super cool. I'm bummed that I didn't, I didn't uh, think about the uh, the one in uh, uh, – in uh, what's it called in Norfolk? Is it in Tidewater? Tidewater, Tidewater. Comic Con, yeah, May twenty first. I would um, my trade would be out, but um, not the second one. So, and uh, yeah. like I mentioned, it's uh, I got to use my weekend chits very carefully with young <laughs> kids and a wife, so I can't go to every con. Nah, but maybe nah. next year. That'd be yeah. cool. Well, if you ever make it up to the Midwest, I'm out here in the Midwest. You know, or you can come down south to Texas. Yeah, Austin. Midwest is more fun. You just want to come here; nah, it's more fun. I have to ask, how did you all meet? How did you all get together? This, this <laughs> well, actually, yeah, this um, the, there's a uh, an app called Line App, okay. and I had a uh, I was running a comic book uh, room in there, and mm-hmm. everybody was in it, and we were just kind of joking around one day about, hey, why don't we get drunk and talk about comics one Saturday night? <laughs> and I'm like, well, let's take it a step further. Why don't we make it into a podcast? <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, well, we figured we it all out. I got the uh, the software for it, and we started recording. <laughs> yeah, so we've yet to get drunk. <laughs> well, I'm I'm thrilled to be here, and I'm I'm thrilled you all read the book and liked it, and, and wanted to have me on. So you made you made my week. Well, oh, you made we're glad mine. to have it you. It was fantastic to read, and I'm so happy that I got to get a copy of it. And I'm yeah. So <laughs> now, I, after this call, I'm gonna go finish it uh, because I I want to yeah. keep going, man. Well, I'm all you listeners out there, go pick this up. You're gonna love it. Yes, and it'll be in Comixology soon as well. 
Sorry about the sirens. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just killed a hooker, and I think they're on to me. So. <laughs> but perfect. Well, thank everyone right. for tuning in and listening. This was uh, Ken Marcus and Four Guys in a Comic. Be sure to cop out Superhero Resources. Uh, it'll be on shelves May and June. It'll be in Comixology soon as well. Can't gush enough about it. It's a fantastic comic. It's hilarious. Go check it out. Yeah.